It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lug Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing, like I said in the previous one, Tis the Season. A little uh, Halloween Ends action. Halloween Ends is a 2022 American slasher film that uh, is a sequel to Halloween Kills 2021. The 13th installment in the Halloween franchise in the final film of the trilogy of the sequels that started with the 2018 film, which directly follows the 1978 film, directed by David Gordon Green and co-written by Green, Danny McBride, Paul Brad Logan, and Chris Berner. The film stars Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role um, as Laurie Strode, we have uh, Andy Matichek, Rohan Campbell, Will Patton, Kyle, uh, Kyle Richards, and James Jude Courtney. The film revolves around Corey Cunningham, a young man who falls in love with Laurie Strode's daughter while a series of events, including crossing paths with Michael Myers, upend his life and render his murderous outcast. Now... That sounds a little bit like a side subplot, kind of in the same way how Halloween Kills has their own side subplots. So, like I talked about in the previous uh, review, the previous review being Halloween Kills, the trilogy of the Halloween movies have been interesting to follow. The first one, the 2018 Basically, the sequel to the original one is, you know, picking up the pieces of Laurie Strode, of her having PTSD being attacked by this guy, Michael Myers, and her having to kind of live with the fallout and her 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 uh, her children and her family having to deal with basically a grandmother that has is living with extreme PTSD. It, it was extremely compelling. It was action packed. Uh. Uh, sprinkled in with some comedy. I thought Halloween 2018 was a gem. It made my top 10 of that year, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. So watching Halloween Kills the other night, I was uh, a little bit less than thrilled after watching it. Um, Basically, I I hadn't watched any of the marketing because I'm just like, you know, I'm going to watch it. I don't need to watch the marketing, but I did did go back and watch the marketing after I watched both uh, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And they're kind of marketed the same way. Halloween Kills is almost marketed as if it's the it's the showdown that Laurie Strode and Michael Myers have been we've been waiting on for I don't know how long um, since uh, 78. Um, But with saying that. Uh, you know, we're talking spoilers for the first, you know, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills 2021. Um, given that we're talking about spoilers, we know that Lori Strode is in the hospital. Heck, she's chilling, laying up in a hospital hospital bed for 
hour and 15 minutes of that second film. And it is extremely disappointing from not having our favorite characters brought back together. But on top of that, if you went in thinking that, you know, this is the showdown of all showdowns, honestly, that second movie is not a showdown at all. As a matter of fact, it becomes way more of kind of almost like a satirical comedy uh, in a really dark way of how, you know, uh, the community can... uh, revolve around itself and kind of evolve into this evil that is then, uh, you know, perpetuated by having Michael Myers just being in the vicinity is turning people evil, which is kind of an interesting concept in theory. But the second movie just did not land for me personally um, as uh, a very interesting and intriguing entry to the uh to the franchise, you know, maybe I, I'm just going in for the kills and less, you know, thematic, psychological type of uh, justice, I guess I'm looking for. But I, I'm not really looking for all of that. I guess I'm not looking for the quote unquote elevated horror, which a lot of people are discussing these days. So, um, you know, with saying that, that second movie was kind of uh, a disappointment for me. Go back and check out the uh, review to kind of get more insight in detail of what exactly didn't work for me. But overall, overall, these uh, franchises have been very interesting. Um, nonetheless, I, I'd say ambitious might be a good word. Um, not necessarily always... Um, artfully done but i i do got to give the the team credit for being definitely ambitious with uh not just going for the full-fledged horror film because they definitely feel like they're going for a different angle like the second movie definitely had this vibe of let's bring a whole bunch of the the original characters back so that you know michael can face off against them but ultimately it didn't feel that that epic to be honest and a lot of the characters were making dumb decisions so going into this I had a little bit of mixed feelings given that the 2018 movie was some of the best horror I'd seen that year and maybe in the last five years but 2021's Halloween kills just did not land for me at all and so I did kind of it's it was a minor spoiler about how this movie is kind of focuses around but Halloween Ends, again, is uh, marketed as the film that is, you know, it's Laurie Strode and we got uh, we got um, Michael Myers coming back, you know, head to head. You know, it's the it's the big matchup we've been wanting and waiting for for all of, you know, time or whatever since 78, like I said. But there is quite a massive subplot to this film that becomes way more of the plot and the weird thing about it is the slash film cast actually talked about this in their uh their review as well but none of these characters have any of the same similar personality traits or even motivations what it feels like from the previous movies so i uh i just had like i i don't know i had issues just with the the tonal themes and thematic jumps that we have from these three different movies. What it reminds me of, uh, I talked about this in the the Halloween Kills review, but these different movies, sorry, these different movies almost feel like 
uh, season of a television show, except each episode is a different genre. And this one almost feels like an entirely different genre from what you would normally say is like a standard horror film. Uh, this one almost rides on the verge of like a art house a little bit, art house horror, I would say, just because we're doing things and hanging out with people and, you know, with long camera takes of us with different characters and learning different emotions and I think might work in a different movie. It, I think this movie would work so much better if it wasn't advertised as the last of because this is being advertised as the big ending, the big bash to the the Halloween franchise for five almost uh four years. Um you know, through through the pandemic and all. So everyone's you know, pretty ramped up for this and excited about it. So when you come to this, you have these expectations of the big bashing finale, and that's really not what you get here at all. I got to say that the the ambitiousness to not do the big bloody uh, action ending is interesting in itself, but is it effective? So. Looking at this, each movie has almost doubled in uh, its value uh, from the from the budget standpoint. The first movie, I believe, was ten to fifteen million on the twenty eighteen uh, um, film, and then the twenty twenty one was around twenty million, and now this movie is around thirty three million. Each movie seems to be making about half as much as the one before, which is not unheard of, unheard of for. Um, you know, horror films and stuff like that. A lot of them don't tend to make tons and tons more. Uh, like, a, I mean, a lot of them make tons and tons of money, but the quality a lot of times is diminished in value. It's very rare that the value of uh, horror films starts to continuously go up, which is weird because they get ton, they get boatloads of money. Um, so this one was made on a budget of $33 million and brought in a box office of $85 million. Uh, again, this is uh, available to the Peacock paid tiered subscribers for 60 days, which is what I was able to watch it on as well. And so, um, you know, there's a big reason why people aren't going to theaters to see it because probably they're just watching it at home, which honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge that um, if this was the big bashing ending that I wanted, uh, that I, that I would want to hang around with a big crowd and watch, hear the oohs and the ahs and the eeks and the, all that stuff, then I would understand that. But honestly, this doesn't really feel um, like that type of movie. It doesn't feel like the big uh, crowd pleaser that I think it needs to be. So... Before the release of Halloween 2018, McBride confirmed that he and Green had intended to pitch two films that would be shot back-to-back, but decided against it, waiting to see the reaction of the first film. Following the success of the first film in July 2019, the film's title was announced along with the Halloween Kills. Green intended to give each film in the trilogy its own unique theme. Halloween ends being a love story, John Carpenter describes the film as a departure from its predecessors after after being delayed due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, principal photography began in Georgia 
uh, between January and March 2022, with reshoots taking place in mid-2022. Halloween Ends premiered at Beyond Fest, Beyond Fest in Los Angeles on October 11th and was theatrically, theatrically released in North America on October 14th, 2022 by Universal Pictures. The film stated, uh, sorry, started streaming simultaneously on uh, paid tiers for Peacock for 60 days. It received mixed reviews from critics with who criticize its focus on new characters and generally deemed it a weak conclusion to the series. And that's kind of overall what I would say about this film as well, sitting at 111 minutes. The None of the movies, I feel like, have a, a big pacing problem. I mean, they all just feel like they just lack in the story and somewhat kind of feel like soft reboots to each one. Like, each one kind of feels like it wanted to, um, you know, change the trajectory of what the previous one was doing. I remember Jeff Kanata on the Slash Filmcast talking about, um, or just the Filmcast now, the Filmcast, uh talking about how this movie felt like the rise of Skywalker to the rest of the trilogy uh, that we had gotten, you know, and, and it very much was, uh, you know, that 2018 Halloween felt like The Force Awakens, very much of the original, uh, but just amped up way more, and then Halloween Kills kind of took us in a different direction, and then now we have Halloween Ends throwing us in a completely different direction. And so I just have, you know, you know multiple multiple questions about where all this is going and uh uh i i guess my my i mean we know where it's all going because it's technically it's ends that we're just going to get a reboot and probably come get new new characters new stars new new everything new director right writers and all that stuff but what i'd say is the most important thing about this is um you know that that this sort of takes, you know, liberties with other uh, horror films as well, such as like Friday the 13th. There's sort of like a similar plot on one of these movies. Um, but, you know, it's the uh, the passing of the torch for uh, horror aficionados and stuff like that to the next generation. Um, and so, we, you know, people that have been following... Um, you know, horror for a long time have seen this um, type of passing of the torch, and it's not anything new from passing of the torch. When you know we, we have the uh, the characters like sixty, seventy years old, there's normally the young bucks that are coming in that are going to you know pick up the slack of the next generation of you know Halloween type stuff, you know, type movies and whatnot. So, you know, with saying all that, I think I would honestly place this movie. I think I had it at a 5 out of 10, just as I had uh, the previous uh, Halloween Kills movie. I, th I believe they're both ranked around 5 out of 10, mostly just because both movies are, are trying to sell you on something that I don't really feel like ever happens in e either movie. I mean, sort of this one, it happens at this the end of this movie, but it takes a long time for really anything to come to a what feels like an ending because other, otherwise it just kind of feels like we're you know 
we're just kind of just following the the plot and um it doesn't feel like there is a big bash ending happening but you know it's 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 what we get in here so th- there is like i said it feels like a subplot that becomes the the main plot and it uh kind of drags the story down for it so yeah and some of the main characters the granddaughter makes some really crazy decisions uh that i just don't agree with and so yeah there's a lot about this movie that has a lot of problems for me um five out of ten kills just are not that memorable especially with uh in comparison to the previous two movies um yeah i just uh wasn't crazy about it wasn't crazy about it and given that it has so much of this given that we've seen what this cast and this crew uh, both in front and behind the camera can do with the Halloween 2018 film, this one feels even more of a letdown. Like, if if we hadn't gotten such a great first hit, then, you know, that's that, that would be the... That's kind of why I am criticizing it more than usual. So let's hop into the spoiler section for Halloween Ends. All right, let's get into... The spoiler section for Halloween Ends 2022. Again, for the entire podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get the full review. If you're on YouTube or any other platform, you're getting a condensed review and uh, would be much appreciated to helping us keeping on the lights, bringing in the snacks, keeping our drinks full um, with uh, the donations and... uh, patreon support as well and if you can't support financially uh like and or subscribe or both help on any of the platforms you are listening on again sharing the platform sorry sharing the uh, podcast is the best way to spread the love so um thank you for listening watching luckville podcast here is the spoiler section for halloween ends 2022 Here's the plot. On Halloween night in 2019, 21-year-old Corey Cunningham, that looks more like 34-year-old Corey Cunningham, ignore that, is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy, who pulls a prank on Corey by locking him inside the attic. And Jeremy is being kind of an ass. Um, A lot of this is evoking big 1978 Halloween energy. And he even has the big thick glasses, I think, that Lori has at one point. Just as Jeremy's parents come home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy over a staircase because he's trying to like get out of this fucking like uh, closet and there's this massive staircase. This family is, you know, bankrolling and they've got like a, a staircase that goes like five stories high. And of course, uh, the the door hits Jeremy in the face, psh, hits him in the mouth. Jeremy's falling back, and Corey's like, "Oh my gosh!" And Jeremy falls over the banister. He's like, and uh, hits the bottom of the floor. It's like, Bruh! and it looks like he like just instantly just done. And the parents are at the bottom of the staircase, where Corey's at the top, like, "What? It was me, you know." And he has this knife. Um, that he had been carrying around the house because originally he thought that, you know, somebody was in the house and that somebody was fucking with Jeremy, but Jeremy was actually fucking with Corey and he, and you know what? He fucked around and found out. And now Jeremy's laying on the floor, flat ass pancake ass. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it uh, knocks Jeremy over the staircase railing to his death. Corey is accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. We don't really see any of the trial. Three years later, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' latest killing spree just a year uh, prior. Um, while, while Michael has vanished, Laurie Strode is writing a mem- memoir having bought a new house and living with Allison, uh, her granddaughter, who is now a nurse. Now, remember at the end of Halloween Kills, Halloween Kills, um, at the end of Halloween Kills, uh, Lori's daughter is murdered by Michael Myers. And let's just say almost that has no say or play into this movie at all. Really doesn't matter that we lose over half of the community that is trying to up up do an uproar and a riot over Michael Myers in the middle of the second movie. Um, literally that it's just more like PTSD of people just being uneasy, but no one's really that sad, I'd say per se. So I was, uh, I was just a little bit underwhelmed by this um, reaction to the previous movies, which again is just like you. you, None of the um, no one feels like they're dealing with the repercussions of what's happened to in the previous movie. Um, So, Laurie Strode is writing a memoir, having bought a new house with Allison. Um, Meanwhile, Corey is working at his stepfather's salvage yard on his way home. Uh, oh, and by the way, I feel like Laurie Strode is really fucking happy. I mean, Tommy died last year, um, but, you know, she just seems like a really great, having a, a great day, and everything's just uh, hunky-dory, very peachy, and she's like, mm-hmm. you know, she, 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 she sees uh, Sheriff Hawkins in the, the grocery store, and she's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like butterflies and stuff. I'm like, is this even the same character as... The lady that was in the the 2018 movie, um, just a year earlier, who had had a shotgun and a damn a cellar in the basement, and you know, ready to trap people in there. I was just like, this is. It doesn't feel anything like the character you would think. So, uh, okay, so Corey is working at his stepfather's salvage yard. On his way home one day, he is taunted by high school bullies and injures himself in the process. And and observing Lori brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works. Now, again, these are like Stephen King uh, bullies where they are just like pushing him against the trash can, calling him fucking poor, ugly, killer, all that. I mean, they are going through the rigmarole on this guy. So you do feel kind of bad for Corey, although, you know, he it's not like he meant to kill that kid. Um, it was all an accident. So uh, there's a couple of reasons why you could say why these kids are acting like bullies like that. One, they're just horror bullies in any movie. Two, there's also the possibility that, you know, kind of like the it manifest of like turns the city evil and ugly. They, this could be kind of doing the same thing because that's what they were talking about in the last last uh, movie. But the thing is, each movie is like, Michael Myers is just a man. He can be killed. And then the next movie, they're like, Michael Myers is more than a man. He can't be killed. And then they'll bring it back. Oh, Michael Myers is just a man. It's all, it's all good. Don't worry about it. 
but then they're like, but wait, is he just a man? Like they keep going back and forth on whether he's supernatural or not. And it's, it's kind of frustrating, especially in this, uh, this order kind of uh, just getting, uh, rocked back and forth. So Allison and Corey develop a relationship. It is extremely rushed. It doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like Allison is the dumbest written character in this movie just from having no like self-control of under or or understanding of her self uh, surroundings of why she even likes this guy. The chemistry is all off. I didn't I was very I was I'm the actress is great. Don't get me wrong on the actress, but it's very disappointing to see how much it feels like they didn't care about these characters from the previous movies. I mean, Allison feels pretty consistent through the second movie because she's not she's actually really not much of a character in that. She's mostly just kind of relegated to the background and it's more of her, her uh daughter. Uh or so Allison's uh Lori's daughter, Allison's mother. Um but uh it's more of her movie. So anyways, what they do to Allison is abysmal and it makes her look really uh, kind of shallow and just uh, immature, really. Uh, Allison and Corey develop a, race, a relationship, later attend a Halloween party where Corey is confronted by Jeremy's mother. Um, yeah, and Jeremy's mother is just like drinking herself at the bar. She's like... <laughs> Oh, you're just having a great time while I'm over here suffering. And I was like, oh my goodness. So, uh, I don't know why I gave her like a thick Georgia accent, but whatever. <laughs> um, after having an argument with Allison, Corey leaves the party and runs into the bullies who throw him off a bridge. It is bizarre. I mean, this is some straight Stephen King ass bullies. Like, I'd be whooping some ass. I'd be, oh my gosh, I'd be so fucking pissed. Just, they, they're like holding him, they beat the shit out of him, then they throw him over the bridge, and then the bullies are like, yeah, he fell off. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. What are you gonna do? I mean, bada bing, bada boom, you know? I mean, <laughs> straight from Jersey. Um, Um, and they like literally think that they killed him. And and one of the, one of the teens there is really, you know, kind of upset about it, but that doesn't mean she doesn't get what's coming to her later. So he is dragged into the sewers and confronted by Michael who eventually let him go. It is kind of bizarre that it takes this long into the movie. It feels maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even longer, for Michael Myers to show up in a Michael Myers movie. It I had heard that he's not in it much, but literally he's barely in the shit. I mean, till the last 15 minutes. Um it's almost like they had to pay for every second he was on screen, which doesn't make any sense. He was in it way more in the second movie, but he was just kind of killing nonsensically, just random people what it felt like. This is like he's kind of like he he's like an it figure, like he's got these kids doing like the the dirty work on the streets throwing the throwing the bodies down and then he's in the dungeon and and in in the sewers and grabbing all these people that are getting beat up by the kids i guess you know the homeless guy just bringing them all in and stuff like that i'm just like holy shit so <laughs> um i was just like not i i like that idea that michael myers has been kind of like in the sewers and underground a little bit, which is a little bit, you know, disconcerting, but, um, 
by doing this, it makes him much less of an imposing figure throughout the entire movie because we're not really focused on him. We're more focused on how Michael Myers is his evil is transfer transferring to Corey um, Feldman. No, not Corey Feldman. That's a, a Friday the Thirteenth ref, reference. But um, yeah. Anyways, uh, with saying that, um, continuing on. Uh, so yeah, he's dragged into the sewers by and confronted by Michael. Michael looks like he's going to kill him at first, but then he decides not to. He kind of like gets like, like his eye like connects with Corey's eye, and they're having like flashes together, and they connect somehow. So he lets him go, but on the way out, Corey is confronted by a homeless man, and the homeless man is like, oh, "You gotta get out of here, man!" You know, there's always a homeless guy in these horror movies that knows what's going on. The homeless people know what's up, but nothing good ever comes to them. I feel bad for them. Um, in a struggle. Uh, Corey stabs the man to death and flees. And you can kind of see how he's like, oh no, I'm becoming the monster. You know, he's like, just really, it's it's kind of like the trickling down effect of how, you know, the evil is taking over him and how easily he's starting to kill, how more often he's getting like this bloodlust. I can't remember off the top of my head what I've watched recently that kind of has the same trickle down effect of like, um, you know, once you get the taste of blood, you want more kind of thing. Um, but we've seen this again in other uh, types of media. If I can think of it, I'll, 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 I'll mention it. Um, but again, go in the comments and, uh, you know, people in the comments probably have some ideas about what uh, this movie kind of reminds them of in a way. And again, I like the, in concept, the idea of Corey being turned evil by um Michael Myers and kind of, uh, you know, not being able to control it to an extent and, and infiltrating Lori's um, household as well. I, I, Michael's not obviously planning all of this. A lot of it's just kind of by chance, but it is kind of an interesting way to have a story that is not completely focused on Myers. So um, my my biggest issue is that it's it's advertised and it's 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 in the name Halloween ends and it feels like Hall Halloween the figure Michael Myers is barely barely the figure that we're uh on screen with the majority of the time like I just remember watching in the middle of this I feel like it was like an hour and five minutes in maybe and I was like I'm pretty sure Michael's been in like two scenes if that that weren't um you know flashbacks of other previous movies I was just uh very I was concerned, and, and then by the halfway point, I knew what was going to happen. I was like, oh my gosh, they're taking this in a completely different direction. So, um, Corey and Allison go on a dinner date, but Allison's ex-boyfriend, police officer Doug Mulaney, shows up and harasses them both. He's kind of an asshole jerk-off, but he's, uh, um, I, I don't know the actor's name, but he's he's hilarious in a lot of the things he's in. He, he plays that same kind of you know, well, I had to do the kind of guy. And uh, he, he has, I feel like he has lines and he says the same things that I've heard other people say in bars um, that have come up to try to talk, um, you know, to, you know, their old crush or something like that. I, I feel like I've been in that situation before. Very relatable, especially in a small town. Corey later lures the cop into the sewer. Michael emerges and kills Doug to Corey's delight. And I was like, this is a bizarre uh 
uh, and dumb behavior of Doug Mullaney, the cop. And so um, Allison is passed over for a promotion at work um, in favor of a fellow nurse who is having an affair with the doctor. Uh, Corey then, and that's honestly, I feel like the work stuff almost never comes up. Corey then kills the doctor at his home while the nurse is is killed by Michael. I mean, that that's sort of how it comes up, but I just feel like it, it's really not, um, I don't know. It, it really doesn't matter too much, in my opinion. It just kind of paints targets. A lot of the people in this movie are just assholes for assholes' sake, so that we have targets and, you know, cannon fodder for uh, Michael Myers to take out. So I guess that's why the promotion didn't work, I guess. And unknowingly, an unknowing Allison plans to leave Haddonfield with an instant Corey. Sorry, with an instant Corey because of his past trauma. Um, while Lori becomes increasingly suspicious of Corey, and it's like there's just like this turn on a dime where just like Allison is just like madly in love with this guy, and he doesn't have any charisma to the point where you would think, and he's not like. He, the, the Zac Efron of his day or something like that, you know, no offense to the actor, but he's not like super uh, uh, appealing to the point where you drop down, drop dead gorgeous, you know, let the rivers flow and all that shit happen. You know, it's not like he's that kind of guy. Um, he's way more reserved and he doesn't really come out of his shell any way that would make you think he is. It, they didn't princess diaries his ass, um, you know, give him the, the, the treatment was, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> they didn't do any of that. So, um, yeah, Corey, um, so Lori becomes suspicious of Corey kind of for just like weird reasons. And they just, there's like weird friction that is starting to happen. And everyone just starts arguing a lot after finding him sleeping in a spot where Jeremy died. Uh, Lori offers to help him, on the condition that he distances himself from Allison. And I don't honestly thought this was a, a nightmare sequence. I didn't even realize this actually happened. So Corey was, uh, retorts by blaming her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says he cannot have Allison. If he can't have Allison, then no one will. And that's why it's like, what the fuck is even... We don't care about Corey. We don't care about Allison. We care about Lori, and we care about Michael. And we are not talking about either of these. So on October 31st, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights Michael for his mask. He literally goes to uh, Michael. And at this point, Michael Myers has been, like, stabbed, shot... Uh, he got stabbed with a pitchfork in the last one. I'm pretty sure he got beat by the entire town. He got hit by a car in the 2018 movie. He got stabbed in the eye, and we get reminded of that um, in the uh, the original 78 version. If you count all the shit that's happened to him, and especially how fast it's happened to him, it's just ridiculous. Like, the dude cannot, there's no way he'd live. He'd bleed out from at least one of those injuries, um, let alone bruises all over and on top of being an old fucking man. Um, you know, uh, meanwhile, Lori and Allison argue as, uh, as she plans to leave. Allison too blames Lori for Michael's actions. A lot of people are like starting to like place, there's like seeds of placing, uh, blame, uh, against Lori about what happened to, um, you know, the last two movies, like the, the, the community is like anti Lori. There's even a character, the lady that got stabbed in the neck, um, 
uh, of the couple in the second movie, um, she ends up living, but her sister shows up with her in a wheelchair, and she's like, "You say this, Laurie? This is your fault. You brought you brought Michael out, and this is your fault." And it's like, okay, so the the, the reaction to that is Laurie just has to act like she's gonna kill herself, which actually means she's gonna fight Michael Myers. It's like, okay, all right, let's relax. So I, you know, it's just like one one thing leads to another, and then they just jump the shark super fast. So yeah, the entire movie it focuses on random things like subplots, like this DJ that is on the local stations talking all this smack about, ooh, be scared about Michael Myers, be scared about Michael Myers, and it doesn't really come up until like very last ending where, um. That night, Corey embarks embarks on a rampage, murdering the bullies after luring them to the salvage yard where his his dad lives. And I think he ends up killing his dad, and he kills almost all of the bullies, stomps at one girl's face, blowtorches the one dude, the worst dude there. I mean, everybody gets it pretty damn bad. But, we, you know, some things are out of focus. Some things aren't quite as being... Or there's a stepfather. Um, but, you know, some things are just weird. Um, sorry, not weird. They're... Uh, they're strangely out of focus and stuff like that. Almost like they were trying to keep a, a PG-13 rating or maybe they just didn't want, or not a PG-13 rating, but maybe they just didn't want to see as much violence against the kids, um, which I can understand that. Um, his stepfather kind of uh, un, uh, ends up getting fucked up and then um, and then he goes to kill his mother. And his mother, I think, kisses him at one point. Like it's some, She's like, you can't leave. And she slaps him at one point. And then she like brings him in and kisses him and then that, this is all before all that happens but that's right before Corey goes you know absolutely a a wall um so then he ends up uh going to kill his mother as well as the dj at the local radio station who had taunted him earlier the dj at the station was just an absolute asshole like to him and allison i mean they both were just like all right you want to just fucking go kill this guy like they're trying to come up with reasons to like make them want to go do crazy shit to them you know people um, so at the Strode house, Lori, uh, Lori false attempts suicide to lure Corey to her, um, whom she shoots down the stairs, which I don't think she knows it's Corey at that time, but she shoots, uh, Corey who's in a Michael Myers mask. Corey then stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death in front of Allison, which it didn't even, it, I mean, you can do logist, you can do. Uh, not logistics, forensics. You can do forensics to tell that this didn't actually happen. So I'm like, what is the deal with this? And of course, Allison comes in as soon as, you know, Corey has fallen down the stairs, just similar to how Jimmy died and comes up and he's got the neck in his knife and neck in his uh, uh, throat. But it's just like, I, 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 I didn't see any of this happening this way. And none, none of these, uh, None of these pieces in this puzzle make that much sense at all. Michael suddenly arrives and kills Corey. Uh, a fight ensues, and Lori manages to pin Michael to the table. She's like, shing, shing. She's got knives. He's like, got knives in his hands. He's like, he's like, trying to get out and shit like that. After a struggle, Allison arrives to subdue and finally kill him. Um, Lori and Allison take his body to the salvage yard uh, by police escort. It is crazy. The police come and they're like, this ain't how we normally do it, but it's how we're going to do it tonight.
and I'm just like, okay, this movie's uh, jumped the shark already so many times, I'm not even going to question. So it attracts the residents of Haddonfield who follow them into a procession and dispose of it, dispose of his body in an industrial shredder, and having Lori kind of stand over, like, super triumphantly, like, yeah. In the ensuing days, Allison and Lori reconcile, and Allison leaves Haddonfield while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Deputy Hawkins. Thus, the end. <sighs> Even regurgitating this movie, it is just super, super uh, disappointing. I mean, even coming from something as low-cut as the deaths, the DJ death, you know, what does he get his tongue cut out and it's like going around the damn uh, vinyl record. It's like, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's like, I just... I don't know the the motivations for Michael kind of lacking in this one. We don't really understand his connection with Corey. Don't really understand why they decide to focus so much on Corey. Corey would have been a good super subplot. Like make this character nice through the whole. F you know what? It, it, it should have been like a who's doing it kind of thing. Like maybe we assume it's Michael Myers, but it ends up being the nice guy Corey, who is her daughter's boyfriend. And then it, I, I think this movie might worked better if we weren't in Corey's perspective. If we had been in Lori's perspective, trying to figure out who's, you know, kind of Zodiac killer style, like who's, who's committing these murders. And she's like finally connecting the pieces. And then all of a sudden she's like, wait a minute, it's Corey. And then Corey's at the door and he's ready to kill her. You know, like, I feel like I could have done a little bit of a rewrite on this. Um, you know, Maybe just remove some a big chunk of the Corey stuff in the second act and make it more Lori focused on her trying to figure out what's going on. I think that would have been a better film in my opinion. But of course, I'm just playing uh, Monday morning quarterback. And again, everyone has talked about how this is kind of a mixed reviewed movie. But um, yeah, it looks like it's coming to an end. And uh, yeah, the film dropped 80 percent in its second weekend, finishing fourth with an eight million. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's not getting great reviews in in most people's um, book. Let me see. In a positive review, K. Austin Collins of the Rolling Stone deemed Halloween Kills the best of Green's Halloween trilogy, noting its interesting complex tangle of emotion and fears, and comparing it to Green's previous uh, capably deserved independent films. And that's what this very much felt like. It felt like an independent film based off of how much we were dealing and uh, hanging with these non-horror-esque IP, uh, you know, the the killer and having Laurie Strode. We, we're very much following a different uh, style on this. Um, so, uh, and it, it kind of felt like an independent film in a way. So... Thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Please check out uh, patreon.com slash Lucky Dog Podcast and Lucky Dog Podcast.com. We have all the links in the description. Again, if you are interested in more of the uh, behind the scenes on Lucky Dog Podcast, go to Lucky Dog Podcast.com. All the social media is there. You subscribe, like, uh, like, and subscribe. All that helps keep the lights on in the podcast rolling and flowing again let me know what your uh, review is for halloween ends let me know if you liked it loved it didn't like it hated it what all that stuff i give it a five out of ten just because of the deceptive ass marketing i felt like most of it had and it didn't really 
uh, fulfill on that until about the very end of the last 10, 15 minutes. So thank you for listening, watching Look It Out Podcast. Take it easy. Maybe the only way he can die is if I die too. It all ends now.